This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Where else do you think we're going to start? Rangers' spectacular victory over the Ottawa Senators. The kind of win where you begin to fantasize, right? I mean, it's not too often that a team is down two games to one and they feel like they have actually taken control of a series. But I'm going to tell you why it's okay to feel that way if you're a Ranger fan is because we've seen when the Rangers play at their best, like they did in the second period of Game 2 and like they did last night, that they're a better team than Ottawa. Now, are they 4-1 better? Maybe not because I've got too much respect for the Senators. But you've seen and when this team is engaged and playing the kind of hockey that they need to play, they're better. So go out there and do it. Do it three more times to get out. And I took phone calls up until midnight last night after the game, and Ranger fans are beginning to daydream if we can get past Ottawa and maybe Pittsburgh beats Washington and Sidney Crosby can't go, that maybe we can make a run. And you got to pump the brakes on that, obviously. But when you see the team play the way they played last night as a unit, playing the game that they're supposed to play, seeing Nash play well, Stepan play well, JT Miller had a phenomenal game. They're rolling four lines. They're playing the type of game they were meant to play. That's what allows you to start to dream because they have the ability to dominate. The problem is, is they just don't seem to do it on a consistent enough basis. And true championship hockey comes from playing great consistently. And we'll see if this team has finally got the edge that they needed to even up this series tomorrow and then make it a best of three, win, try to win in six, and then see what happens. And you hope Pittsburgh and Washington beat up each other if you're a Ranger fan and see if you can't make a run. Hank had a great bounce-back game, which you'd expect. And I thought the addition of Tanner Glass was a good one. Mika Zibanejad played maybe his best game as a New York Ranger. And the Rangers have now won three consecutive games on home ice in the postseason after snapping a six-game losing streak at Madison Square Garden. So it looks like they've gotten over the hump as far as the jinx of Madison Square Garden is concerned. They've played some of their best hockey of the postseason at the Garden. Game six against Montreal and game three last night. We'll find out the condition of Bobby Ryan. He took a puck off the thigh. He was forced to leave. No word yet on what his status is going to be for game four. Uh, could be... A problem. Those are definitely tough situations when you take it, especially where off the leg he took that shot. So we'll see if he's going to miss any time. Zach uh, Smith had to leave the game as well. Rick Nash took a maintenance day, did not practice today, but he should be a go for game four. He's getting a little bit older, and we know it's going to be important to get Rick playing at his best. So we'll see what his state will be in going into uh, game number four. Carlson was really shut down by the Rangers, but he's still going to get his. Still played a ton of minutes, played the first two minutes plus of the game, but a lot of speculation about problems with his feet, maybe broken bones, and the Rangers were very physical on Carlson. Um, Just a a great effort. The other thing the Rangers are going to try to do is get Craig Anderson to handle the puck. Uh, You saw on the second goal, Uh, He coughed it up, and since the game plan is to dump the puck anyway, get Carlson to turn his back to the play, it also could help uh, getting Anderson to play the puck. Opposite of what the Rangers were trying to do against Montreal because Carey Price was so good at handling the puck. So the Rangers will try to get Craig Anderson to handle it. You'd feel a lot better about the Rangers had there been more consistency to their game, 
But AV said it afterwards. Hey, he wasn't going to panic after blowing a two-goal lead in Game 2 because you got to look at the overall picture. And the overall picture is they could have easily won both of those games in Ottawa. Both were one-goal games. Now a major statement was made because that was not a one-goal game. Rangers scored the first four goals. Ottawa gets a meaningless one late in the second period. You win the game 4-1. You win the game going away. So Ottawa can look and say, yeah, we've won two games, but look at the struggle, having to fight back from two goals down, having to get a fluky goal at the end of Game one to win. Rangers, with their best effort, miles ahead of Ottawa. If they can do it again, you might get the Senators thinking, heck, you might be having the Senators uh, thinking right now about where they stand. Got to go out and do it. You've, you've put yourself in a situation where your margin for error is very slim losing the first two games, but got to feel real good about the way the Rangers stand right now as they are down two games to one and will play game four at the Garden coming up on Thursday. Now, Predators and the Blues might be lights out for St. Louis. We came into the series realizing that Nashville was the better team, but you couldn't completely discount the Blues because they have a world-class player in um, Tarasenko. Jake Allen was playing out of his mind, but Jake Allen has blinked a couple of times in this series, uh, allows a flutter goal uh, to break uh, the tie. Ryan Ellis, again, continues to contribute. Uh, James Neal looked like he put the game away with the unassisted goal. Uh, Edmondson comes back at 16-11 to make it a 2-1 game, so you give the Blues credit there. But Pecorino is just playing too well. Um, made 32 saves in the victory, and I just cannot see the Nashville Predators, who are 7-1 and one in these playoffs, dropping three in a row. I think Nashville is destined to head to the conference final for the first time in franchise history. And give credit to Peter Laviolette. We've talked about it on Game Misconduct many times before. This guy won a Stanley Cup in Carolina. He went to a Stanley Cup final in Philadelphia. He is an excellent coach. Got the Islanders to the playoffs in the first time forever. Was a, was a playoff team three straight years in which Laviolette was the head coach which doesn't sound like much, but for the Islanders at the time, that was a big deal. And now he's put the Nashville Predators uh, on the brink of going farther than they ever have in franchise history. And as great a coach as Barry Trotz was in Nashville, LaViolette's got the chance of having a signature season. And Nashville, it would be great for them to be able, for them to be able to wrap it up in five games, which they can do uh, heading back to St. Louis for this series and get Edmonton and Anaheim to beat each other up can really set the Nashville Predators up to go to the Stanley Cup final. I've been impressed. If I had to get if I had to pick who I think the best team of the playoffs have been, it'd be between Pittsburgh and Nashville, and I give Nashville a, a little bit of an edge there. So they take a three one series lead and I think inevitably they are going to advance to the conference final for the first time ever. Big night tonight. Two games. Caps pens. Capitals down in the series two games to one. They get the game-winning goal from Shattenkirk in the, on the power play in overtime, so you forget about blowing the two-goal lead. Holpe bounced back nicely after getting pulled. We gave you the stat yesterday. Since uh, in the last two years, 9-1 and one in the games after he gets pulled. Make it 10-1 and one now. Great performance by uh, Braden Holpe, despite giving up the two goals late. Penguins will play without Sidney Crosby. Now, they played very well without him. He got hurt in the first period, and they still did a great job putting themselves in a position to win the game. Didn't get two out of hand at 2 nothing. They fought back to win the game. You can make the case, and Rick DiPietro mentioned this on our New York Quest for the Cup podcast, and, and I've seen it myself, that Malkin shines brighter when Crosby's out. And I think Malkin's good enough to carry this team. There's still a ton of talent on the Pittsburgh Penguins. They don't have 
Letang. They don't have Crosby, but they still have a lot of talent, and Flurry's playing out of his mind. So anybody that thinks the Capitals are now set up to just automatically tie the series tonight and automatically win the series if Sid doesn't come back, I wouldn't say that. I mean, this is a huge game. Caps have to even it. They're not coming back from 3-1 down. So that's going to be a huge game tonight, and we'll keep an eye on Sidney Crosby. Again, I know there's a lot of people that would just salivate at Sidney Crosby not being able to play for Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh advancing into the uh, third round of the playoffs or beyond. Oh, everybody wanting a piece of Pittsburgh without Sidney Crosby. Well, number one, be careful what you wish for. As we just outlined, a lot of talent there. And also, that would stink. Actually, it would suck if Sidney Crosby couldn't play the rest of the playoffs. He is the best player by far in the league. This league wants that 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 momentum of having great players in the league. The NBA does it with LeBron James. The NFL does it with their superstars like a Tom Brady. It's not good when your stars can't play. So as much as Pittsburgh can rally around and maybe even win a cup without Sidney Crosby, it's not good for the league when one of its stars, or maybe the star, can't play. And I'd love to see Sidney Crosby uh, take on Connor McDavid at some point. That'd be great for that rivalry. It's great to have the Ovechkin-Crosby rivalry, but with this stupid format, they're meeting in the first or second round every year um, to get a Stanley Cup final against the, the old guard versus the new guard would be tremendous. Uh, and you can't have that at Sidney Crosby's hurt. So hopefully it's just a one-game miss. It's going to be day-to-day. And I also would wonder how Pittsburgh would handle bringing Sidney Crosby back. He is the organization. This team did win a Stanley Cup last year. This team does have four in franchise history, including two with Sidney Crosby. Not sure that they're going to be in a position to push him. If Pittsburgh can win this game tonight and take a 3-1 series lead... I just wonder if Pittsburgh would say, Sid, we're going to keep an eye on you. I know you want to play, but we're going to shelve you until the conference final. We're going to try to win that next game without you and, and see if we can give you as much rest as possible. He's had concussions before, and you know how that can uh, turn out for a guy that's had a history of concussions. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. and You don't want to see a career shortened because of it, even if it does come at the expense of a Stanley Cup run. Ducks and Oilers, that game should be... A lot of fun as well. The Oilers have a 2-1 series lead. Ducks survived winning the first game in Edmonton. That building should be up for grabs. And we'll see how the Oilers handle the prosperity. Uh, sometimes it's difficult for a young team to close things out at home. You know, you win the first two games in Anaheim, and then you start to think to yourself that this is going to be pretty easy, and then you lose the two games at home, and now that home ice swings back to the Ducks, and can you really see the Oilers winning a third or maybe uh, maybe having to win a fourth time winning all of their road games? No. So I think if the Oilers want to win this series, it probably behoove them to take that 3-1 series lead, and I certainly think they can. Fowler's back in the lineup, as you've seen in this series, and he can fly. Getzloff has been good. Raquel has been good. Uh, but the one thing that I've noticed in this series, and it's been brought up to me as well, is that Gibson does get a little fatigued. I mean, this Edmonton team really comes at you, and Gibson did miss some time during the course of the year. If you remember, Bernier stepped in and did a terrific job. If I'm the Oilers, I'm going to try to get him to handle the puck. I'm trying to get as many shots as possible. If he can get fatigued and, and wear him down with opportunities, he was so good at the end of the second period and at the end of the game in Game 3, Gibson, but just keep 
putting the pedal to the metal of the Edmonton Oilers and see if you can't fatigue Gibson, steal a game here in Edmonton, take a 3-1 series lead, and have an excellent chance to advance to the conference finals. No offense to the Ducks, but I just really enjoy the Oilers and the way that they play. And Connor McDavid's had just one goal in this series, but boy, was it a tremendous goal. Talbot, I think, needs to play better. That would be my message to the Ducks as well. Get Talbot to play the puck. Get more shots at Talbot. The turning point of the game was that weak Wagner goal just, what, 42 seconds after Connor McDavid tied the game up at three and the Ducks blew the 3 nothing lead. They need to put Talbot in a situation where he needs to make the big save. He might be someone that is susceptible, and I think the Ducks have to file that away. The other thing in this series, which has been great, is like it's no lead seems to be safe. The Oilers blew a 3-1 lead in Game 1. You saw the Ducks blow a 3 nothing lead in Game 3. It just seems to me like... No lead is safe, and that which makes makes for some very, very fun hockey when you can just sit back and watch a game that's 3 nothing and not turn away from it because there's still an excellent chance that there could be a, a tie game or a goal. Uh, let's go back to uh, your tweets, at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. Let's go to Guy or Guy. We haven't got confirmation yet on how he pronounces his first name. Nashville is rolling. Good club. Washington, Pittsburgh tonight. No 87 for Pitt. Do they have the horses to get it done? And as I mentioned, I think they do. Look up and down that lineup, how good they are, how deep they are. Look how good Gensel's been in these playoffs. Look how good Rust has been in these playoffs. I mean, they are just a stud team. Sidney Crosby's the best player in the league, and it's difficult to lose a guy like that and say it's not going to have some sort of an effect on your team. But I do believe that uh, they can still get it done without Sidney Crosby. Michael Thomas says, do you have any suggestions on who the Sabres should hire as the new GM? I do not. I think there's a lot of really good uh, people that could be general managers out there that deserve the opportunity. It seems like the NHL is kind of swaying more towards that analytic younger guy. I'm not sure what Pagula will decide to do and who the next general manager should be. Uh, But that's a very interesting decision, a very important decision. Uh, But some of the names that might be out there, some of them have already been gobbled up. A lot of those assistant general managers, they don't stay assistants too long. They end up becoming GMs. But you know what, Michael? I promise you I'll take a good look. I'll study it up, and I'll see if there's any names I can throw at you uh, during tomorrow's podcast. Courtney says, do you think the Pens will target Ovechkin in tonight's game as payback for Crosby? Well, Niskanen as well. I don't get caught up in that, Courtney. Washington's down two games to one. So the the Pittsburgh Penguins have to be focused on trying to put the the final nail in their coffin. They don't want to let Washington back into the series. Plus, you know all eyes are going to be on what kind of response the Penguins are going to have. You don't want to take any dumb penalties. This is a good power play that Washington has with Ovechkin and Baxter, maybe the best combination of any power play in the National Hockey League. But you don't play that game, Courtney. Now, if the game's 6 nothing. And you want to do that, but again, eyes are going to be on you. Do you really want to take a suspension? I just think right now Pittsburgh's goal, especially playing without Sidney Crosby, is get up 3-1, get out of this series, rest as much as possible, hope the Rangers and the Senators beat each other up for seven games and see if you can't get to the Stanley Cup final. Redemption is something that maybe comes at a later date, say next year, if you want to play that game. Liam says, were the Rangers that good, or did the Senators just lay an egg? Also, can this Mika Z show up every game? Well, it should, and I think uh, he is engaged against the Ottawa Senators, so I think this kind of breaks the seal for Mika to get the job done. Uh, On the other side of the coin, 
Yeah, Ottawa didn't play great, but I think the Rangers really pushed it. And and you've seen in the second period, Rangers engaged. They they won that period three to one in game two. One last night, four to one. So yeah, when you play poorly, you got to give credit to the opposition for maybe making you play poorly. And if you play that well, you also have to contribute to uh, to the fact, or at least admit to the fact that there was a contribution by the other team to lead you to play that well. But I just think the Rangers are better. Uh, 4-1 better, I think that might be a little bit of a different question, but I do think that they are the better team, and I think that effort is good enough to win the next three and win this series in six. Yehuda says, how important is it for the Rangers to roll four lines? A.V. willingly uh, played with basically ten forwards in game two. Uh, you mentioned that uh, yesterday. It, it, it's, it's really, you play four lines when you're up. You play less and you shorten the bench when you need a goal. So the fact that Shea played more, the fact that Miller played more, the fact that he didn't lose uh, Brendan Smith on the bench, uh, the fact that uh, Oscar Lindbergh played more, a lot of that is the byproduct of the fact you had a 2 nothing lead after one. You had a 4-1 lead after two. So there was never really a reason for you not to roll four lines. Now, if that game was 1-1 in the third... Does Shea play the same amount? Does Miller play the same amount? Does Oscar Lindbergh play the same amount? Probably not. So we are complimenting AV on rolling four lines, but you can do that when you have a 2 nothing lead after one and a 4-1 lead after two. So point is, is that if you want to do what you want to do as a team, get the lead, get off to a good start. And for the first time in the series, they did exactly that. Now, coming up tomorrow, we'll give you more of an in-depth preview of the Game 4 uh, between the Rangers and the Senators. That'll be the only game on the docket Thursday. That'll be a standalone game at 7.30. But we'll also recap how the two games in Pittsburgh and Edmonton fared. You can get in touch with me at Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct. And, of course, you can follow us on iTunes and the ESPN app. And do not forget to subscribe. Also, if you want a more Ranger-centric podcast, then you can go to the New York Quest for the Cub podcast that I do with Rick DiPietro. You can find it in the exact same place, and you can follow me at Twitter, at Don LaGreca, but just make sure you give the hashtag Game Misconduct. Thanks for the contributions today. Should be a lot of fun tomorrow. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct podcast with Don LaGreca.